<laughs> totally my bad. Well, because we're talking boundaries today, everybody, on Press Play. <laughs> Isn't that funny? WP and Kyla T. Uh, it's funny because um, it's such an unusual topic to cover in terms of what happens when we have boundaries that are too rigid, but also what happens when we have boundaries that are too flexible and too fluid and what then happens. Uh, and in my own journey, it's been such a big one. But what I'm noticing at the moment with so many clients is that they're trying to fit too much into too little time and what that then does is it impacts our boundaries but also what's happening is that unfortunately we're in a moment in time where a lot of people are not in a great place and space so if you're somebody that gives a lot to the world what you might be finding is that you're having to be even more strict might even be the way but kind and caring with the boundaries that you set. Because even I woke up yesterday morning and I have my phone on aeroplane mode in the mornings um, and when I go to bed at night and often throughout my day a lot as well to get things done. And it's one of my boundary settings. But I woke up 7am, turned the phone on. There was already two messages from people telling me they're having a really tough time. And then at 7.30 last night, I got three other messages from three other people. And I think that what then happens is we start to kind of have our boundaries pushed and prodded, particularly when people are going through really tough and challenging times. But what I think on the flip side, if you are a juicer to people's lives and you're somebody that does give a lot and lovingly, we have to be even clearer with our boundaries and what that looks like because at this moment in time, I'm just finding that people's needs are even bigger than they've ever been before. Does that make sense, Sammy? Totally does. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, boundaries for you, what you've experienced and what you find works best for you. Yeah, good one. It's a really interesting conversation because like the, uh, I think like the, I think the surface level of this conversation is like being really strict and regimented and like, black and white with it yeah and and then um which can be beneficial in some circumstances and not in others as you know so it, and that all comes back to your purpose so if we're too strict and regimented and things with it i feel like that's for me that's definitely way too rigid that, and that would be <laughs> that would be grinding my gears a little bit in different situations um and then you but might then i think the, the boundaries too <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, I would. Totally, you know me too well. Um, you know that, and like we can we can blame others for coming into that space or or not respecting our boundaries and things like that. But then, I I feel part of that. Like I understand that, and that's 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 true to a point. But beyond that is like us taking responsibility for our own actions, and and if we're living in a better alignment with our our values and purpose yeah um that flows more authentically mm -hmm. that that time and space do you value you can either put yourself in the position of what you're doing um that you feel like might be encroaching on your on your time and space yeah um and allow that to happen or you can have a, a recognition that this actually is in alignment with your purpose and where you want to go 
or you have the you feel the worthiness you feel like you're on purpose and you feel like you're living by your values and you don't find it hard to say no and you're saying no with love yeah and people actually respect that more rather than a oh why do you put this on me that's like that's you know again giving up our own power our own responsibility for the situation so i feel like there's that's the different angles i feel play out in this space it's the sometimes we feel like we have to justify our boundaries, I think is a big part. And just say no. <laughs> just say no. Just say no. You don't have to explain yourself. You're only yep. explaining yourself to yourself to make it. But then also you're right, is that um, over the years, what I used to experience and I hear a lot from clients and I only know this because I used to do it as well, is this idea that we go through this whole conversation is how dare they, I've told them my boundary and they're just pushing up against it the whole time. I've told them no. And it's like, actually the the right and the responsibility would it be beautiful and lovely if all our relationships in our world people listened to us they were present with us and every time you shared a boundary they acknowledged it they were able to um, impart it and live in alignment with it but the reality is in the rushing fast world that we're in often people aren't listening they may not actually acknowledge that when you share it it's actually something that's really really important to you and they also can't see the behind the scenes of what's going on in your life all day every day so what I know with myself is that majority of people don't know or don't see that they're not the only person messaging me this message in a day and that there might be 10 other people at the same time but then it is it's up to us and um, I was talking to Beck, our hey Beck, uh, yes, hey, Beck. and uh, we were talking about this kind of ideas and this is where the boundaries came from because when I used to be in investment banking, I made it a key priority on Wednesdays to always leave at six o'clock to go to this course that I had that was all about energy management and mindfulness and was getting me on the path of where I wanted to go. But every week, I had to enforce that boundary. And also, I think there was in two years, I think there was less than a handful of times that I didn't leave to get there on time at six. But that was the flexibility. But every week I had to decline meetings. Every week when they said, can't you just do this before you go? I had to be the one to remind them that this is a key priority to me and no, I was leaving. And so I think this whole idea is that we wish that the world would then enforce our boundaries for us so that we didn't have to have those uncomfortable conversations or, to your point, continue to say no. Uh, because we are, a lot of people are. We are kind. We're caring. We're giving. But if you're giving out too much and there's not enough coming in, and for anyone that's listening that might be in the space of, like, the rescuer or the martyr or the people-pleaser archetype, which I used to know very well and they still pop up, in that space... Sometimes it's like the actual act of saying no for the first time can be really tough. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's all, and I think if we take responsibility that it's tough for us because we're not actually standing in our, in our power, you know, we're still coming from coming from a wounded position of whatever the wound is underneath that core wound for us. We're acting in um, because of that rather than actually really coming from the heart mm. and that that can be quite scary yeah and like if your core wounds loneliness and you're saying no to people well like that can be quite challenging yes, or unworthiness 
yeah you know most of the core or, or powerlessness or whatever it is yeah. you know it can be quite hard to say to say no yeah yeah and and the no without the justification like I often I still feel it there's this rant that goes on inside of me a little bit like when I know that like I'm kind of at capacity or things are getting pushed uh, in that space there's this like rant that goes on that's kind of like don't you understand how much I'm juggling right now like don't you and then it's like actually when I go within and I take a deep breath then I actually look at okay well if you're really feeling this way and you're about to topple over by one text message or one conversation maybe there's something I need to also look like in terms of what I'm balancing at the same time too because I think yeah when we can go so rigid with the boundaries because uh, if it is time or if it is space that we're looking for it's like we want to we want to get to the point that we don't have to be like that harsh no if that makes sense mm. yeah it wants to be a loving no yeah yeah totally yeah and it's interesting I think that goes back to creating time and space for yourself like you touched on there or even just grounding yourself yeah. like you just talked about that having that having that intention, like I'm not a big fan of goals and that sort of thing. Um, purpose or values, are, I tend to work well better out of in yeah. context. But if you're working towards something, whatever that is, or your overarching purpose or knowing what your values are and you're acting in alignment with that, you can center yourself really quickly and go, okay, well, is this something that I really need to be doing or am I not doing the stuff that I'm meant to be here for? And sometimes, and sometimes it's not, sometimes it's just like, oh, actually, you know, I just did something that I wouldn't normally do, um, but it kind of intertwines with everything else. And I was a little bit um, frustrated for a second about it, but then like in the whole context of things, it worked fine, it all, it all worked out. And that's why we started late, Beck, that was me. Um, <laughs> which is quite interesting because that's what they're talking about today. But, you know, like, there's other in connections there and I was, I was actually quite happy to do it. And I, I modified it. I was meant to see these guys when I come around to the house, but I modified it to meet them in the office and because yeah. that was going to work better for me and, mm. and all that sort of thing. And the house, you know, is a bit of a pigsty. But, you know, <laughs> I kind of modified it a little bit, but, you know, it, it all worked out anyway. And I think that's part, if we go back to even pre-setting boundaries, is like you've said, figuring out your purpose and what are your key priorities in a week, in a day, uh, in terms of like family, friends and work. Because when you know what they are, you then know what your boundaries look like. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Beck, Beck's gone, no dramas. I just thought I was failing at technology again. <laughs> oh. Good old technology. Um, yeah, and so if it's someone that's listening and you're like, okay, cool, so we're talking about boundaries, but what does that even mean? I think it does come back to starting with looking at your values, what's most important to you. I like to always imagine, imagine you have balls that you're juggling uh, in your life. And it's like, we can't be juggling all of them all at once, but you pick up one, you put down another one, but even knowing what they are, what are the things and the key priorities in your life? Because there's things that we have to work on now, right? Like life and work admin, people with kids, with families, with partners, with household duties, with work and business and all of those types of things. But then there's also the priorities of, well, where do you want to go? What are some dreams that you want to bring into place? And actually allocating to 
some time for that because I think we can get so stuck in the day today of where we're at now that many people can forget that small incremental times of prioritizing what's coming and like putting some things in place for that can be really important as well. And you have to set time boundaries for that because literally otherwise you can just blink and a whole day disappears. Mm -hmm. Well, it's quite interesting with, um, we had the, the Pioneers Pie Day over the weekend and then lots of lots of little things that I realised that I needed kind of like admin-wise um, yeah. with Grab Life by the Ball. So a whole list of to-dos that are probably for like the next year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I found myself and I caught myself um, in this um, sort of adrenaline push. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I tried to fix it. It was more that I just became aware of this adrenal portion. I was like, I was a sprinter and a crammer yeah. through uni, through like six years uni, may explain some of the great hits. Who knows? But there was an adrenaline push. Like it was, it was go hard. This needs to get done now. We're going to smash it out and really push through. Yeah. And I noticed I was, and I kind of did a bit of that yesterday just to push through all the admin stuff because, um, yeah. I quite like hanging out with people and creating new shit or going big on things. Not so much the, uh, the, uh, the glue that keeps everything together. <laughs> I throw it all together and get someone else to help me with the glue yeah. kind of thing. And so it was just an awareness of going, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm sm- I'm, I've had some coffees here and I'm going hard. Okay. Like, is this how you want to keep doing it? And it's like, if I actually looked at one, I was better when I wrote everything down. Yeah. Um, two, it felt pretty good getting some other stuff done. Um, and it was fine. I didn't have to rush. Yeah. Um, three, I put it in a Trello board so it's there and I can come back to it if I don't do it. Four, most of that shit didn't really need to get done yesterday anyway. <laughs> Even the stuff I did do, like it was just nice to have some stuff done. But at the end of the day, it didn't really, it didn't really matter whether I got it done or not. And juggling a few balls still, Cairo, family, Sammy P and this stuff, um, all that, you know, grab life by the balls, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of like, well, yes, it's just the momentum and the consistency of chipping away at different things. It's not so much about trying to smash it all out Mm. and get it all done. Um, It's actually that consistent movement. And then once you get to, and then like if you think about the Demartini stuff, it's like, yeah, we can make ourselves busy all the time, but if we've got an overarching purpose above that, then well, then you start going, well, you either go, well, who else could do this for me? Cause this isn't my superpower or how can I do this better? Or how can I delegate this to someone else? And that sort of thing. So you're actually growing and expanding because, and I've done it and I did it, you know, just over 12 months ago, FYI, it's like our 12 month anniversary <laughs> of you, you coming on the vibe. Yeah. I think we'd done a couple of episodes before you came on. So I did a couple of episodes by myself and then you jumped on. Um, happy anniversary. Thanks. I saw it um, on um, Facebook, I thought, yesterday. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, this, the, you know, the 12 months before the last 12 months, yep. like I just made myself busy and did all this stuff. And I wasn't, then I got burnt out. Then I felt frustrated because people didn't realise how much I was doing. People weren't helping me, but I wasn't asking for it. I was doing, I wasn't trying to delegate. I was just busy yeah. and wearing the badge of being busy. But 
I, I, I'm still doing stuff that I don't like doing, which is fine. That's just part of life sometimes. Yeah. Is it, well, it's connected to my purpose. Mm. And I'm aware of what I'm doing a lot more and catching myself. Mm. And then, okay, well, how do I want to do this? And it's like. Yeah. And I like that idea. It's kind of, there's that book called The One Thing. And in that they talk about what is the one thing that I could do now and focus on that would by doing this make everything else easier? Yeah. It's such a good question to ask in any area of our life, really, to start to look at, well, if we've got low energy, well, what's something that we might need to do that can help there? If it's a business that you're building or anything like that. But to actually, I think we need to take the time to plan and prepare and because yeah otherwise we can we end up working on all these things that it's like well then the urgency of something else comes and we're like well, why didn't I do that yesterday because we're doing all these other things and with myself and with clients I see it a lot especially if they're going through a role transition or a business transition is that we will keep working on the things that we feel we're really good at and then leave everything else kind of to the side in a way. And to your point, yes, you can delegate it, but sometimes there's stuff within a business or within a role that you're never going to love to do, but it's part of what you have to do. But what we can often do is put that to the side and I'll get to that if, I'll get to that when, but then it gets to the point that not doing that is impacting everything else. And mm. you are expanding into a place within yourself personally or professionally where it feels a little bit uncomfortable. You're going to want to keep going back to the things that you're really good at and the things that come naturally and are really easy to you because in a way then your ego is like oh this is that comfortable space where I feel really good at again and for many people this is where the boundaries come in because there's the justification of like oh but picking up that phone call and like talking to them if they really need me like I'm being a good friend I'm being a good partner I'm being a good mother I'm being like good which sometimes it is essential and necessary but if you are in the martyr rescue or archetype and it's taking up a large portion of your day or your me time or anything like that it needs to be looked at because there is this whole like good girl, good boy archetype within our world that's like, oh, well, if you're giving out continuously, then you're doing right by the world. And in that place, it's like, well, no, because at, there's a consequence. So you're, it's at an expense of something. And majority of the time, it's your dreams, your self-care or your wellness. Mm. Um, and so it's like so important to have those times and those allocations that are your aeroplane mode in whatever way, shape or form you set that up mm. to be doing the things that are most important to you because it's so easy to justify um, all the other things that we're either comfortable at, good at or in a way make us feel good. Yeah, and there's so many things like, and I think we spoke about it last week, you know, just because it, it feels a bit challenging or it's a bit hard doesn't mean that you're, um, that it's not in flow and it's not your purpose and it's not your spiritual path. Yeah. You know, as we've mentioned a few times, you know, our biggest challenges can be our, our greatest advancements mm. and actually pushing through that. Yeah. And then if it's a skill you're not good at, how did you get good at the other stuff? It was probably just by doing it over and over again and you get better at it gets easier and that neurology and we talked about this again i think on the first or second episode you know that neurology takes a time you know a while to change so if it's something you're not good at it's going to feel a little bit hard a bit frustrating because you're actually learning something new your brain's laying down a new a new pathway a new foundation for you to 
the fire and wire that together. And then there's other things, just little things of making that and time. Like I was working with a mining exec on site guy mm. and, um, and it was great being on site and just watching and like, he's quite high up mm. and it's, he can, if he has to move a meeting, no one's going to complain. They just go, well, he's got stuff on, like he's important kind of thing. And I kind of said that to him. I was like, you, you kind of, because he was a good mate and I was on site, I could say, oh, geez, you rush around a bit and, you know, make yourself busy. No wonder you're, you know, used to talk about being tired when he came back and had that, those few days off. And I was like, oh, no wonder you're tired. Like you're rushing around and doing this. Like you can schedule your day however you want because people are going to, there's only one other person you're reporting to. And even then they might even change if you're going to be a bit more structured with what you want. And, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And what is it that you love doing? And it turns out that he liked coaching. Mm. And so, okay, well, where are you coaching? And he goes, I'm not. And I was like, right, well, mentoring, you know, that kind of space, you know, helping helping others keep working their way up in that system. Yeah. Right? And as soon as we did that, he switched it around straight away. Mm. Could see the context of conversations that were challenging and saw it as a, a coaching situation, but then also structured his time. Okay, so let's go, let's go with this today. I'm not going to do that. We'll do that at this time because I want to do this first. This is more important, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, th- I think even in the book, uh, I think it was essentialism. They, you know, there was different strategies and stuff of how to work your day, mm. and it, it was basically like for some people, for the executives and things like that, and for most of us, it's like, well, the first four hours of the day, close the door, put a hello, put a sign up and and go from there yeah i agree it's one of the biggest things when i'm running the future of work workshops is i'm like are all your meetings in the morning and nearly every organization still has morning meetings and i'm like that needs to be the time where we're getting things done and i agree that kind of busy as a badge is something we really need to look at and take context for because it's like like that example that you just gave it's like well people are understanding that you are moving things and that you might be late or not turn up but deep down if that keeps happening and especially if their love language is quality time or their language of appreciation at some point they're going to start to feel undervalued so it's like well what are the ramifications of the busy behaviors on a team culture, on our lifestyles. And even like you take it to a family context of families with parents, with kids, it's like in that busyness. Um, I remember a client uh, in a workshop years ago, uh, her son came up to her and had drawn a picture of her. And so she brought it into the workshop because we're doing some like consistent workshops. And it was a picture of her with 20 arms. doing all these different things and he was like Kyla this is not okay <laughs> she was like when I saw that this is the way that my son sees me it made me realize okay I need to do something differently because what am I teaching him what am I kind of role modeling in terms of life and the way things are and I get it a lot um, I think it's sometimes we think that we can do everything And we can, I just really don't think all at once if we're going to go in and do things like really well. So sometimes when you start looking at all the balls that you're juggling, you might actually start to realize, well, what if I put that one to a side just for six months? And I had a client last year and obviously last year was very stressful for people. 
and she was she had she had an 18 month old she was working full time she was studying full time as well and they were renovating their home and it was just so full on so over the christmas period she was going to study she was able to keep studying through that period and i just put an and or option out there i was like what if you considered just having a break and actually having a holiday and enjoying your family and this, that. She was like, no way. Then I'll get behind in my uni and this, that. I was like, it's one semester. Anyway, she, I didn't then speak to her until the new year and she'd taken that time off and she said it was the best thing that she'd ever done. And then she felt refreshed and ready to plan and pre prepare for what she was doing. And she decided to reduce a subject in her study for the whole year. And it's like, we do, I think we often put on the pressure ourselves because of this time thing, but it's like, we also realize time goes so fast. So, well, what if you just, that took six more months than you'd planned or something? Like the whole world's not gonna fall over, but you mm. might actually enjoy it a little bit more along the way. Yeah, well, and that's like your to-do list during the day. Like actually the things that are super urgent, I'd re I reckon probably 10% of those, 10% of that 10, the one in the 10 is actually probably one thing that you need to do that day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and it's a, I think there's also the acknowledgement of, and that I suppose that balance of one, having the time and space to work on yourself or work on the business and that sort of thing. But then also acknowledging that there is still going to be to the day-to-day -day stuff that's going to come up. And it's about, they both serve a purpose. Mm you know, if something's going wrong in that space right now, it needs to be sorted. Yeah. But then you also need to be working towards delegating so someone else takes care of that or whatever it is. There's going to be that interplay. So trying to plan the the perfect days of a work in progress. And then once you've got it perfect, it's going to look differently because you're looking towards a different horizon once you get there anyway. And I think also being willing to have moments in your day to plan, your week your and your month, but even like a quarter or a 90 day because things change. Like I was just thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about how much you're juggling right now because you are, you're juggling the old and the new. So it's kind of like you're bringing the old and the new in. And obviously that's what I went through last year with completing the corporate stuff was this balancing act that goes on because you, you need to be working on the new because it's coming, but then you're also balancing all the kind of completion stuff at the same time too. So it's important for everyone to also take a moment to actually go, wow, look at everything I'm juggling and be proud of your capacity, your ability in that. But then also that sometimes then makes sense as to why you might feel a little bit more tired right now or why there is like less time because when you start looking at it like that. When I used to work with teachers, we used to do this project mapping of the beginning of their term. And what we'd do was layer a calendar together of their term within the school uh, and holidays and things like that, but like assessments and everything coming in. Then they'd layer on top of that their personal things, including kids' birthdays, partners traveling for work, this, that, the other, so that they could actually see where were they going to be busier and how could they plan for that to the point that the school then got involved and were like in those really busy weeks within the school we're going to bring in a massage therapist and we're actually going to prepare we're going to bring someone to bring in your lunch every day so that the school then got involved in understanding that 
it's not the same every single day and every single week for anybody. So for you now that you really are juggling kind of completions and new beginnings, what's working best? Mm, good question. I think, um, well, it's quite funny. The story that goes with that is that we're waiting for two new chiros to start. Mm-hmm. And I thought that could be as early as like this week. Yep. And even on Monday, I didn't know what that was. And then they were in, um, they were in the office, um, not working, but they were just in the office to come and hang out and dot eyes and cross T's on other things. And I reckon they're probably not going to be in for another month, mm-hmm. being allowed like government registered, yep. registered to practice. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, that actually kind of works well because I felt like I was rushing because part of the process and part of the reason so far that I haven't purchased a, a, a new car to tow a caravan or a caravan mm. is that part of my lesson is that I can make it happen. I, I'm really good and it's helped me in the past to certain things at making stuff happen yeah. and just ticking that box. Whereas I feel the lesson is at the moment, well, no, when we want the caravan, or the caravan will, you know, we're putting things out there for the caravan to magically appear. Yep. But I'm not trying to, I am conscious and reflecting on where I'm trying to control that. Mm-hmm. And then I was controlling the time that we finished. Like our lease finishes on April 11. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I still could be in practice. So we're not going to be on the road and we need to be on the Sunshine Coast for Jacko's birthday in May. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we're just here until May. And it's like, well, that actually feels pretty good. Like, yeah. that feels like it's not rushing, feels like it'd be a good transition. We can properly say goodbye and have a farewell and and do things, do things a little bit better. Yeah. Like, not rush a farewell and say it has to be this date and we need to get it done and that we can just sort of cruise into it. We can plan about it. We can sell off stuff. We can pack up stuff, you know bit of more of a smooth um migration rather than a rushed and you know sort of adrenaline ego push Mm. so that's quite yeah that's quite fun and then the other way is like we um i could see gaps and stuff or and have new ideas and stuff um with grab life by the balls an example and just managing that better something wasn't working so i put it to the group of the guys that run our stuff across australia it's like okay let's do this and it it encroaches on time that i had kept free but it actually worked better yeah and and but then also said okay look these are all the things that i'll do and i understand like i need to do them that's cool but you know someone needs to run this meeting at this time so who's that going to be okay so you two are going to sort it out you're I'll make I'll sort out the other one. Done. I don't, one less thing I have to worry about. Okay, well, who's going to do this part? Well, I, I'm not going to do this part. I, I can do this. What else do we, you know, someone else to run that rather than trying to get it all done and run around like a headless chalk. It's like, okay, well, who's going to do this? Then? Like, great idea. Yeah. I love your idea. But uh, why don't you follow up on it? Because it's not my job. <laughs> you know, it's part of a team. So it's just getting better at, at delegating. And I think, like, when you are... Oh, efficient yep. as well. You, you have a, a bigger threshold of getting stuff done as well. Mm. 
And it's interesting what you're talking about, because I think sometimes when you talk things through, we're going through um, creating some new launches with the Soul Coaching Certification at the moment. And one of the ladies that's so helpful in all of it kind of did a list of like, well, these are all the things that need to be done and who's going to do all of these. And it was literally, I looked at the list and I was like, (laughs) I took a deep breath and I went back and I was like, or we don't actually have to take any responsibility for this. We launch this and we hand over to the trainers what you do with this is up to you. They're totally capable. They've run their own businesses for a really long time. And it took away a whole lot of responsibility and a whole lot of work that would have taken months that actually wasn't necessary. And mm. so sometimes I think you've got to put things down on paper to then say, well, is that necessary? Do we need to do it that way? And even get a whole lot of people in the room to say, is there a better, quicker, easier way to do it? Mm. And I think we can get stuck doing our own thing and it looks like a certain way and, you, and you're used to a certain way of thinking. So you miss, you can miss stuff outside of the box. One, if you don't have time or if you don't have anyone else there to sort of have a conversation with and then go, oh, it's not, that's not working. We could do it this way or it's not even worthwhile. Like yeah. why, why do it that way? Yeah. And then isn't there an element of trust as well? Like it's like, yeah. this is what I do and this is really good. And, you know, I could, I can, I can try and train you and force you to be more like me <laughs> and, and make it happen. And like, you know, drag the person to the water, drag the camel to the water. Take the horse to the water. God, how's my sayings today? Bloody shit again. Bloody paraphrasing like a busted asshole. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, and um, you know, but then I, as um, you know, this was some stuff that Cheese and I have worked on. He's worked on with me. It was like, well, am I taking control of their challenges that yeah. they need to work through? Am I taking responsibility for stuff that actually might be? their lessons on their path that they need to work through themselves. So that's, that's super frustrating when you think in a, in a very left brain sort of way of shit needs to get done. It needs to happen this way, which, you know, like that, again, that's, you know, if you, the business needs to make money or whatever it is like that's obviously valid as well. But in some instances, it's like, well, if I drag them along, they're going to be kicking and screaming anyway. It's, they're not actually going to come up to that level because I've tried to, I've tried to bust through the levels for them. Yeah. Then you get tired, you get frustrated, you get angry. They're pissed off and frustrated because they're not actually doing what they want to do or doing it in the way that they want to do it. They're not given that time and space to figure it out for themselves or let them have the res- their, own, you know, their own resources are adequate to take them to the next level. Yeah. They so choose. And I feel like that's a big thing with taking responsibility as well not just the time thing with boundaries but how much responsibility are you taking what's like i've drawn out a uh, responsibility ratio with one of my clients um who's who's in the healing space as well so like healers you know are very good at giving but not so good at receiving yeah yeah and it's, and like, the, it's like 75 percent taking responsibility mm. of 75 plus percent of taking responsibility for results yeah. that people or to, you know, to communicate with them efficiently and that sort of thing. Whereas as soon as like, that's a fight, that's exhausting. Yeah. Look, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it as well. But if it's like, well, okay, I can relate to them and communicate and I can improve, I can always improve that area, yeah. but I'm only going here. 
you need to meet me here. Yeah. Which I think is, and then if we go off topic a little bit, but if we go into like the mental health thing yeah. at the moment, the crisis, the actual pandemic, yeah. um, we talk about um, support for mental health. Mm. Whereas sometimes there needs to be some challenge for people to Totally. take that step outside of that comfort zone that the comfort zone or that zone that they're in yeah. wouldn't say it's comfortable but the zone that they're in yeah. there needs to be a little bit more challenge i say mm -hmm. guided challenge not just go and figure it out yourself and suck it up that's not what i'm saying but we always talk about support whereas actually people need to have a bit of challenge to help them grow, to break through that glass ceiling that they're in. And that's, that's challenging. That's going to be, that's going to be controversial, but the more we give support, the more people expect the support and rely on it. Yeah. Whereas we're not actually giving them the challenge to go, it's actually your journey. It's all yours. And you can step up on that path because that's ultimately, that's the only, that's the only person that can change the situation you're in is you. You can have the right people around you and that definitely helps but ultimately it's your challenge and your journey. It's not someone else's to come and pull you out all the time because that's not beneficial for the person trying to pull you out all the time and it's not actually going to help you grow and move forward. And it's really disempowering and I actually see it a lot in one of the reasons why I only teach the soul coaching as opposed to all the other healing modalities that I've studied is because the client's journey within and find the answers themselves because I've seen so much codependence in the healing space. So if you're a wounded healer that loves rescuing and then you're attracting people that are codependent and want your intuitive messages and your psychic messages in this, that, the other, there's an energetic boundary that has to be made as well because you do, you end up with codependent clients that won't take action. You'll get frustrated, but you'll also get exhausted. Uh, mm. It's a huge one and a huge priority that has to be made of when people are learning energetic boundaries of turning your skills on and off. Because mm. the example that I give is if you imagine that you're a healer and it's a natural gift in you, maybe you feel energy, maybe you see it, maybe you hear it, however it comes to you, but it's a gift that is one that is a talent that you're practicing. And similarly, imagine your gift was that you were a violinist but that the violinist was playing the violin all day, every day, even while they were sleeping, practicing, 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 wherever they were going, they were eating, they were drinking, they were reading energy per se, then you're going to get burnt out. And it's actually, we have no right to be in that place. So it's turning things on and off when you need them, which is a boundary as well. Because as people learn that, um, it's, and I know in my own journey, like I used to pick up on energy so much that I couldn't really go out as much. Whereas now I can go to festivals with like 20,000 people and I feel fine and amazing. But part of it is really working on those shadow archetypes of mm. rescuer and all of those parts so that we have really clear energetic so if we're kind of wrapping up in terms of boundaries there's time there's space obviously like even when you're looking at resourcing in terms of your finances and stuff but starting to look at your mental your emotional your physical and your spiritual boundaries at the same time too and making sure they're simply in alignment with who you want to be what you're going to be proud of achieving in a day or a week uh, and then knowing that we want to have some gap time for that flexibility of things that do pop up that are really, really important to you at the same time too. Uh, but knowing that if you're exhausted, if you're tired, if you're burnt out, 
continuing to give is only going to lead to resentment um, and that radio station of like um, I did a video the other day that was like what about me it isn't fair and I sung in it too and um, it's like that's the part of it is realizing that we have to be the one that sets it um, and being really clear in it and what your non-negotiables are but then where your flexibility comes as well yeah absolutely and like I had a I um on a on a more surface level mm. I, I'm pretty good with structuring my time I'm a lot better than I used to be but I, I avoid going to a certain location at certain times because it was meant to be a, a top up for me, but what I found is that um, people knew who I was, so they'd come and talk to me about their issues or support or someone that was challenging. Yeah. It was actually my top up time. Yeah. So I've, I removed myself from that situation. I can go down to the beach. It was going to a certain beach here yeah. at a certain time. It wasn't wasn't suiting me anymore, and it took me a while to figure that out. It took me COVID to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. But then I think if we're going to remove ourselves from certain things, it's actually to go in and not try and force. Like initially I was like, okay, I'm going to I've remove myself from that situation. So I don't do this. But then it's also the reflective part, which happened with working with other people, but it's that reflective part as to why, what was happening and what was going on and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I still, I prefer my new morning routine and now, in our local coffee shop that's just around the corner. Mm. But I have a better understanding of what's going on for me and what happened and how that's going for me. Yeah. So there's there, I think there's two. If you're going to do the surface level, um, avoid things or time things and that sort of thing, yeah. just have a look at what's underneath that for you and what's going on and, and have a look at those wounds and the shadow stuff that's actually going on for you because it's just to reflect that. You know, it's a, you know, it's easy to say, but it is actually true that whatever's coming up in that situation is not anyone else's problem. It's only yours because that's the way you see it. It's your projection. It's your reflection. And yet that takes some guidance and some work on yourself mm -hmm. and some, some um, rewiring and firing of, you, of your neurology to integrate. But that's ultimately where it comes. Like I was having a conversation last night with, with two people and there's a clash. Mm. But then the clash came up because the person was sort of knows that there's something deep within that they need to look at, yeah. but is too scared. So they they work through it and they're pretty aware, but then they hit they hit, they hit the the protective layer of that and bounce back out. And yeah. by bouncing back out, they're reflecting and creating an issue in a conversation that way. Whereas actually then and then comes out of their body to project it on the, to this other person and and but they don't do this but they don't do that but they should be doing hmm, is that beneficial you know who's who's <laughs> one of our chiropractors it's like she talks about all right here's a plate of shit hmm. oh it's not mine i think that's yours i'll take that back you know or uh, yep no that is mine i'll thank you i'll take that back you know like if you look at the healthy side of resentment and the healthy side of frustration or anger 
is to go in and go, okay, well, what's it really showing? Like if I talk to the resentment or the frustration, and most of the time, as you say, when you keep going down and down and down, there'll be something, an original seed point or something that we've actually individually chosen to do or allowed that will be there. Uh, and mm. it's not like it's often very rarely about what's going on in that moment. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just a learnt pattern, isn't it? Yeah. And it's usually usually some sadness underneath all that, and that and unworthiness or loneliness at the bottom of it. Yeah, and I think that loneliness that you spoke about last week as well is such a huge one that comes up because it's like, well, we do become very isolated and lonely when our boundaries are so rigid, or we believe that we have to do everything ourselves. Because in that place, it does become really lonely because um, you're really isolated. Mm. Should we draw yeah. a card and... And that comes back to some control issues as well. You're trying to control the situation so you don't feel like that. Did you just drop that in to tell people I have control issues? <laughs> oh, oh. Did you want to talk? Did that trigger you? Did you want to talk? No, about? It's probably <laughs> one of my biggest things I've had to work on the last 15 well, that's, years. Well, that's kind of the pattern. You get that anger and frustration. And then there's because there's no control. And if you don't have that control, there's some sadness. And then underneath that is whatever is really holding you back. And under my control issues was the fact that I never felt safe. So mm. I always felt safe only relying on myself and being fiercely independent because then guess what? Nobody could hurt me or let me down. And so it is, it's that part. So our card today is, I got the soul coaching once, is transformation. So <laughs> see it <laughs> and that's interesting right because you think about boundaries and when the butterfly's in the cocoon it's actually got physical boundaries for it to be able to prepare to come out i am joyously and the challenge of coming out mm, yeah i am joyously centered and safe as wonderful changes occur around me so just to kind of complete today and i guess wrap everything up in this knowing that our boundaries are forever changing, ever evolving. But one of the greatest gifts we can often offer ourselves when we go through large amounts of change. Right now, there's so many old structures in the way that we do things in the world changing and also even in our own lives. There's an opportunity to continue to check in, go within and reset boundaries and this is going to be a forever thing a thing that you do day to day in the moment where you check in and you're like is this how I can serve the highest moment is this where I can add the greatest value and receive the greatest value at the same time too but the more that we get comfortable with setting boundaries physically emotionally mentally energetically spiritually time and space the easier it becomes to anchor those from a place of knowing that really if it's in your best interest and your highest good it's going to be in somebody else's or whoever is a part of that at the same time too so to sam's point before sometimes giving people time and space allows them to step up step forward or come up with brand new ideas so anything you'd like to complete with sam i uh, always wrap things up pretty good eh? <laughs> Mike. that was good that was good uh, thank you. Pleasure. So wishing you all the most amazing week uh, and taking some time, if this is a really big topic for you, of figuring out what are those priorities, what are your values, what's most important to you, and that good old-fashioned practising of saying no. <laughs> thank you.
Thanks, Sam, and speak to you all next week. See ya. Out. <laughs>